I don't want Freddy Krueger and Zsa, Zsa Gabor to live in the same universe. That bothers oh. me. They live in the same universe. Oh. I don't know why, but it, <laughs> it really does. So I want him to be like hardcore. I you I'm like I multiverses. Freddy could that come would... to us anytime because we're in the same timeline as Zsa, Zsa Gabor. <gasps> oh, baby. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide, Disco Citizens, the podcast where gore hounds and best friends Terry Gamble and Julia Marchesi break down a different horror movie each week, exploring a multitude of genres, subgenres, and sub-subgenres, classic and cult, international and underground flicks alike, determining which films are the goriest, and offering up Horror Movie Survival Guide tips to, to help, help you, you stay alive. It is Nightmare on Elm Street, part three, Disco Citizens, Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm so excited. I get, I get excited. and then You I... guys have asked for this one for a while, too. This has been yes. one of our, I think, one of our most requested movies. I'm surprised yeah? we, I, we haven't done it yet. I was like, how have we not done it? The, the reason that we have not done it is because I, in my head, I just want Nightmare on Elm Street and I want New Nightmare and I don't want anything in between. So everything in between is, is nebulous. But... Uh, let me let's introduce the episode before we get into the nonsense. So the title of the episode is "Don't Make Me Sleep." Uh, this is uh, Dream Warriors from 1987. This tagline, I really like it. If you think you'll get out alive, you must be dreaming. Into it, it's so, true. This is one where we don't have Wes Caven back as a director, but we do have him back as a writer. Yep. This is also written by Frank Darabont, who we know and love, uh, Chuck Russell and Bruce Wagner. So they all worked on the Blob together as well, mm-hmm. which is kind of adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have Darabont and you have Craven together, like sign me up, I'm already on board, right? And so there's this feeling of, I think Wes Craven after number two was like, I want to bring Nancy back, but I want to do with her what I want to do with her and not let you guys turn her into this like, you know, uh, sequel nonsense character, um, which I appreciate. But I, for, again, I would, I, all the ones in between this and New Nightmare I are kind of eh, to me even this one which is definitely the best of the sequels but i don't like like freddy being goofy and he gets goofier and goofier which each movie i like him when he in the first one he's just scary he's not goofy at all so like he's goofy and scary in this one i will give him both because like and you know i love a goof so that's where we probably our our roads divide always because i love the crypt keeper and his stupid dad jokes i love that kind of humor i love the 80s for that i love fucking puppet master i I love like liners like the stupid one-liners i hate them give them to me feed them to me give mainline them to me they're for me <laughs> i love that shit so much i'm a, i am a comedy nerd like i i you know i love i'm so i would have been so like all the since all the late the the strikes with that all my late night night shows like i miss like that's the setups i want like i love those like freaking synthesize the moment synthesize the day i'm so glad they're back i want to write on one of those things so like mm-hmm. i Give it to me. So this was great for me. So I'm sorry this is not your favorite. I fucking had a great time. <laughs> and that's the thing is like I can watch it from that standpoint of like everybody loves this movie and I can see why. And there's things about it that I really like. Uh, but so this is Patricia Arquette's film debut. I did read Alternate Universe Casting that it's possible that Winona Ryder was in the running for Kristen, which I can't really picture. I think like she would – she kills everything she does, but I was like I – I can't picture her in this movie at all. She seems too dark with what, like, if they're trying to keep that same kind of, like, Nancy energy, I guess. I don't know. 
for it. But she's so sweet as well. You know, like you think about her little face in Lucas and you're like, oh, she's and so like, sweet. Welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. Yeah. Um, I watched them all. So, of course. Oh. I think we both did, yeah. Winona. <laughs> well, I love you. Uh, so, we open on a quote from Poe. I know forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a quote from Poe Sleep, those little slices of death, how I loathe them by Poe. So, uh, Wes Craven is always bringing the like English professor energy to all of his movies, which I love. So, He's hot. so academic. <laughs> He's so academic, and yet he made Last Sauce on the Left. And I'm like, I love you, man. How do you do that? And like, it's such a because he contains multitudes, you know, like legitimately. And I just got really excited watching the credits. This is my first time watching this, Julia. So I had oh. not watched this one. I, you know, um, I wish we could have watched it together. Me too. Me too. This would have been a fun one to watch together for sure. And then I could have, you know, uh, you could have seen so- my delight watching all these terrible jokes. And also, young Patricia Arquette, who I like, am obsessed with her. I love her. I was like, oh, she kind of plays this lady in medium. This is literally like what oh. she ended up playing in her like biggest tv series do you know what i mean they're like very similar energy of like having that knowingness and all that stuff too mm-hmm. but question what were your expectations did you know anything about this film going in well i knew it wasn't your favorite from just talk chatting with you um you know through our lifetime together and then i also just knew that it was like this is the team up because it's like the right. warriors getting together i've watched some stuff on it and i've also you know watched a lot of horror documentaries and stuff like that too so and i had somebody an, has I'd, to have sung this song at karaoke right the Dawkins song, dream warriors, don't want to dream no more. I have not had anyone sing this okay. at karaoke. I've had then, a lot of people sing the warrior, I am the warrior, that warrior song, but not this okay. one. Well, maybe I'll come to karaoke and, and I'll sing dream warriors because it's Honestly, pretty awesome. That would <laughs> make my night so hard. Like, please do. Um, please, please do. So. Uh, so we, we mm-hmm. see Kristen, who is our final girl, and she is trying to stay awake. And we can see in that Nancy kind of fashion, she, I, this is so great, uh, eats a spoonful of instant coffee and washes it down with Diet Coke. And you can tell she really just ate a spoonful of instant coffee. And like, that would be so fucking repulsive. The feeling of all those little granules like going down your throat. Bleh. As it's kind of like making itself with like the bubbliness of like the Coca-Cola. I imagine it's like... Um, like a lesser version of the Pop Rocks. Remember, we would do like the Pop Rocks and soda yeah, back in the day. That's like um, the, the, the horrible twisted horror movie version of that, which is yep. uh, fitting. Yeah, uh, and so she's she delirious. Is, yeah. She's constructing a house, which is our opening. And in, in the first we get, first one, we saw Freddie making his glove. And here we see Kristen making her house. Little model house. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her mom comes home. She get, you get your mom has been out on the town. She looks fabulous. And she's like, oh, hi, honey. Like, oh, what are you doing? Up? You should be in bed because mom is about to try to get her some. Clearly, she got a hot date. Um, and she's like, oh, no, no, you should be asleep. I need you to be asleep because I got a guest here. And she's like, oh, mom, you don't want to. She's like, I don't you don't want to keep him waiting. She's like, no, I do not want to keep that man waiting. I'm like, oh, God, mom. Wow. She's mm-hmm. not very nice to her daughter staying up late. Um, she's nope. cramping her style. So we pull out to find that the model is of Nancy's house, which we know quite well from the film. And I would like to point out is walking distance from my house, that house. It's so close to my house and it makes me so happy that I could just walk over to Nancy's house and be like, hey, Dude, let's go. We should take a picture and then throw it up there for, for oh. at least our patron or something. Let's go hang out there and like take let's a little shot. It. Okay. Um, so uh, she uh, she wakes up. She's in the dilapidated house where she sees a little girl on the trike. We hear the the Freddie rhyme that we know and love, mm-hmm. and One, so mm-hmm. she follows the little girl into the house. The Freddie using her as a lure to get her into the house, and she, she says, "This is where he takes us." 
she's like, what is this place exactly? Yeah, this is where he takes us. And the little girl goes, uh-oh, Freddie's home. And then, you know, we're off to the races. Yeah. So she, uh, we have, we sh- show kid bones on fire. Uh, we have a room of hanged kids. Like it goes hard pretty, pretty f- soon off the bat there. Well, yeah. You get and- his body count. You're like, okay, yeah. well he's, cause he's already got a pretty lengthy one from the last couple of movies before. Right. So we're, we're getting into it. Sure. And all the kids that he killed when he was alive. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what his, his body count is, as you say. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the little girl turns into a skeleton and then uh, she wakes up, but she doesn't actually wake up. It's one of those things where she it's goes fake into the wake. bathroom. Yep. I hate those. And uh, the, the handles of the sink grab her and slit her wrists. But when her mom comes in, it looks like she slit her wrists with a razor. Uh, and so they end up taking her to a mental institution. The psych ward. Yay. Our favorite in a horror movie. Terrifying. Every time they're terrifying. Um, uh, why is that? It's just, it's just, it's too much. Um, especially yeah, psychiatry through the years. Um, so th- we meet the orderly Max at this moment. I was like, oh my God, Bill does Larry Fishburne. Cause it's such a young Lawrence Fishburne. And I was like, oh, he's so sweet. He's so cute. Oh, I love you. And he's like, you know, the cool orderly, um, oh. trying to help the kids, you know, in the, in the psych ward and you can get, he's got a little soft spot for all these kids. And he's just like, I don't know what's wrong with all these kids. They're all in there because they've all, um, have sleep problems and insomnia and they've all been trying to kill themselves. Um, he has a radio playing that uh, mm-hmm. we listen to. We should always listen to the radio in a horror movie, horror movies, five, a guy tip that's talking about, there's been two more teenage suicides. So it's not just these kids, it's other kids in this area. So epidemic. we learn that mm-hmm. Nancy is a grad school superstar and she has been uh, very specific research on pattern nightmares, which I feel like if I think about where Nancy ends up, I was like, this is definitely the path she would take. I buy 100%. this 100%. I'm like, yeah. okay, because sometimes sometimes in sequels, like the, the characters go off the rails into like, you're like, oh, that seems unlikely. But it's like, yeah, this is what she does with the rest of her life, which is great because as a final girl, you'd think after Nightmare on Elm Street, she'd be tweaked for fucked, like for life. But the fact that she, because she took her power back and turned it back on Freddy, that she has become more powerful through what she's experienced, which I think yeah. is fantastic. Well, she's an advocate. And that's like, I think that's a, a, honestly a classic survivor kind of move to be like, I'm a therapist now, or I'm going to go and help other people. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. very normal response because one, it helps you heal yourself, but also you have a specific point of view that can actually help people. Right. And mm-hmm. so because she's been through it, she sees what's going on and she gets it, you know, implicitly. So, um, Dr. Gordon is not as excited or Dr. Sims and Dr. Gordon, we have the, you know, this, this Elizabeth and, um, was it, and Neil, um, the, the, the doctors on the ward and their hierarchy. Neil, Neil Gordon is the most milk toast, totally bland. I can't understand the casting of this role. I was like, this is the weak link so hard. I'm like, I don't know what, why this guy. He's just the everyman. He's supposed to be cool with the kids. So he's like the in-between because they have to have him versus the hard Dr. Sims, right? Who's like, I've been doing this. I'm the expert. And she's, you know, giving us like, you know, a little nurse ratchet, you know, kind of like energy, right? And like, she's, you know, she's the tough one of the doctors. We're supposed to like Dr. Gordon, even though he tries to get on Nancy, which is weird. But the he just, there's so many other actors I feel like could be in this role that I would really, really root for. And it's really not this guy. The eighties so were a of- wild time, weren't they? The 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 amount of shit that 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 we got away with on in cinema is 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 astounding. And yes, the fact that he's just hitting on this young intern, but I feel like that's just kind of 
I don't know. It, it's like the thing. It's like, you know, Patrick Bateman last week, like, you know, taking out his secretary. It's like the 80s were like, that's what you do. You, you hook I, up yeah. with the person at work. Sure. And I, I, I see that. And that's fine. And she's an adult. She can make choices. But with that guy, really? It just I just, you know. I'm not into it. I don't. I don't like this this lead. Uh, but we have Kristen who is freaking out because they want to sedate her, and Nancy is like an angel comes in, and they start telling her that there's there's this has been happening for the last few weeks. There was a kid who cut off his own eyelids in order to stay awake. So there's something really, and she knows immediately what's going on. Yep. And so now she's got it. Her whole job is to make other people believe what's actually happening, and to advocate for the kids too, because since she does understand it. Um, and they, you know, kind of grill her at first, like, you know, we get that we get the to meet all of them based on kind of their um what we find out later is actually probably their strength, you know, right, through their their sleep their sleep powers, so to speak. But um we have the sleepwalker, Philip, and then we have Kincaid, he's you know, the the strong, quiet one. Um, Joey, um, you know, he's who I, who I swear is Nev Campbell. <gasps> I was like, I was like, it's just Nev Campbell as a teenage boy. <laughs> very that yeah it kind of very similar energy got that little quiet like uh, i'm kind of gonna have just looks looks like her Mm -hmm. like so hard she has a brother that looks exactly like her as well too who's also an actor but it's just like yeah it's yes another one another one um (laughs) so yes so um and he's you know very sweet and he's got a crust crush on one of the nurses and like there's just you know you you see all their little personalities you know we get their little nice little intro pretty 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 quickly with them um, but you can see the fight between science and medicine versus you can't reason with monsters. And we're getting that that tug of war right from this spot here. Well, and that's an interesting thing with Freddy is because he is a monster that you could hypothetically reason with. Right. He's lucid enough to have a conversation with, but is so out of his mind control that that doesn't even matter. Right. So he's not mm-hmm. like a Jason or a Michael who just would give you nothing back. Um you know, if you want to have a conversation with Freddie, whatever. So I, I think that the casting of the kids is really well done. And I like the group dynamic with these guys. And I really like everybody kind of immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. So Philip is the first one to go. And like, I'm like, oh, no, Philip. Like he likes to make little marionettes. So we get a really cool stop motion animation, Freddie turning into a puppet kind of thing. And this is one of the grossest deaths I can think of. There's a lot of gross deaths in Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, this one's so fucking gross mm-hmm. it makes me cringe every time i watch it it's a little cronenbergy right you get a little body horror yeah. here because mm-hmm. they are literally pulling like his like arteries kind of pulled out of his body literally as like puppet strings um you know so it's like he gets a little degloving oh a little bit <laughs> yes for sure it, and this is a t- shout off to the writers because this is really brilliant death and the fact that it's pulled off as well as it's pulled off here and may- just gives you the shivers Oh, poor Philip. So he is he is puppet walked up to the top of a tower and shucks himself off. So the kids all know exactly what happened. And the adults are like, oh, he's sleepwalking. And Will, who was our uh, he's in a wheelchair and he's also a dungeon master. And he saw it all. And he said he saw Philip was awake the whole way down. Yeah. So it's that it's that dream or awake nonsense in this movie. That's the killer. Yep. Um, and so it's just really hard to tell the difference. And um 
you know, with these the drugs that they're trying to put these kids and sedate them and all that kind of stuff like that is not helping them be they're it's rendering them defenseless in their dreams because they don't have the power to wake up or the power to, you know, be lucid enough in their dreams as well. So it's been what they're actually doing is just been hurting these kids even more. And so trying to reason with the doctors about this. So um, Neil confronts Nancy about the drug that she's been taking, um, Hypnosil. Um, which is an experimental new drug. And so she tries to advocate. I wrote down, I wrote down mm-hmm. exactly what it does. Yes. Because uh, this is what Julia does. He yes. has a doing, doing a little bit of sleuthing on his yes. super 1987 computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hypnocell is an experimental drug that is effective for the management of psychotic disorders, night terrors, um, and for sedation on dreamless sleep. It's considered optimal. So yep. this is, she, so we are, we are led to believe that she actually created this drug. Am I right? Or she was like part of the clinical trial or something, something to that effect of like she's part of the on the vanguard of it because she actually yeah probably advocated to have it made. Um, and so, it, you know, it's considered very experimental and they're like, it's very dangerous, all this stuff, because we don't it's not proven yet. But she knows it's what they need <laughs> to actually get, get these kids some peace. Um, but what she I don't think she realizes yet is that Freddie's going to try to summon her through these kids. Right. So it's like you may think you can, you know, knock all these people out, but it's like, no, no, no. Freddie's still coming for you and you, he's still dealing with unrest. And we get a little more about him in this movie. Finally, we get some more like Freddie lore about his childhood. And did you know about this? This no. is a big revelation for his character. Yeah. I was like, ooh, tell me more. So there's this crazy like nun lady who's just kind of pops around this uh, the the psych not crazy she's beautiful uh, but also terrifying um, nun um, who's walks around the building sometimes that Neil keeps seeing um, that no one else seems to see um, who lets him know about what's been going on and yes and- it turns out that. Mm-hmm. So, so they're in a tower at the institute where Philip fell, and she tells him the story of the tower that it used to be uh, there for the mentally insane, and they were treated like animals. And there was an evening where one of the girls who worked at the uh, mental institution was locked in with them over a holiday, was raped hundreds of times, and had a baby, which was the son of a hundred maniacs. So that's it's Freddie Freddie's backstory, and I gotta say. I fucking love it. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Mm-hmm. But I buy that that's why he's evil. I like that's the explanation they give you for why he's evil. Mm-hmm. It's like he was born evil because of this. And I think that's brilliant because I want either you give me no backstory or you give me cool backstory. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this makes the character more deep. Like, I feel like it changes kind of how I feel about the character, which is great. It's a very good one. Um, and so, um, we've got that, that story and then all of a sudden that nun disappears. And so you're still is again, like, is she real? Is she not? What's going on? Is she a ghost? And so, yeah. Still Are we figure... asleep? Are we awake? Yes. This is, uh, we do have, uh, my favorite, uh, scene in this movie is the Freddy worm, uh, coming to get Kristen. That thing is amazing. Like Ooh. I remember as a kid, it was terrifying to me. Uh, and it's so well shot and I love the practical stuff. Like, give it to me. It's so good. Yeah, it gave it gave me Slither vibes, like because it's got uh-huh. that just just oozy goozy grossness, but also you get that weird Freddy face, and then it's just like, oh, it's still Freddy, but mm-hmm. as a fucking worm. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Great it's, job, Fred. 
Yeah, uh, I mean the the kills in this movie are so inventive, and mm-hmm. Kristen is able to put, pull Nancy into her dream. So Nancy had gone to see Kristen's mom and had found the model of her house, so she knows that Kristen knows, and so now she's really got to tell them the truth, mm-hmm. and didn't know that Kristen had this ability. So this is going to be helpful for everyone. She said that she could do it as a kid, but hasn't done it since. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, we get a little group, mm-hmm. we little group therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn about all of our characters a little bit more. Uh, Will jumped, tried to jump off a building to kill himself, uh, broke his legs or crushed his legs. He's now paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer wants to be on TV. So like they're giving you all these backstories. Um, and Taryn used to be a heroin addict that are going to, that their weaknesses is what is going to kill them is great. Right. And it's also, but it's also their strengths too. Right. So it's like, this is like their other, the, the flip side of the coin Right. Is that that, um, you know, the person um, like he's like, I can't, you know, Will is like, I I um, I'm in the chair in real life. But in my dreams, I'm up and I can fight, you know, and I'm a wizard, you know, all this. They all have like these different things that they can do when they're up um, in the dream world. Um, that is basically the antithesis of, of, you know, the thing that tried to take them out. Um, so pretty, pretty phenomenal. We got uh, we got Jennifer, who is in the TV room. And she uh, we had learned earlier in the movie that she burned herself with cigarettes. But now we find out the reason she burns herself with cigarettes is to stay awake, which is pretty dark. So she is flipping through the channels. She sees uh, Critters and uh, Alone in the Dark, which we have covered both of those movies on our on our show. And then this incredible interview with Zaza Gabor and Dick Cavett. And the thing that I love about it is the the obvious contempt that Dick Cavett has for her. He just thinks she's so fucking inane. And you can tell that he's like, he's playing down to her and she doesn't even get it because she's not even like, there. I love it. Well, it's Dick Cavett. He always kind of sounds like that. I feel like yeah, he me. does. Like that's like his thing. He's just like I'm better than everyone, and I'm going to ask all the questions. And like he's, yep. you know. But I loved watching his shows back in the day. I still watch. Like I still like you know go down that the rabbit Betty hole. Betty Davis one is so good. <sighs> so good. Um, if you guys, kids, young kids, if you want to find out any old movie stars, any anybody who was famous back in the day got interviewed by this man, and it's like there is a treasure trove of wonderful interviews with Dick Cavett. And I was like saw their names in the credits. I was like, what? How are they in this fucking movie? Like honestly, and then mm-hmm. I was like. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, they're in here for this moment. But so great. Which, you know, this is the thing because I love this moment on one hand. On the other hand, I'm like, it's so fucking goofy that Freddy Krueger's killing Zaza Gabor like that. To me, I'm like, oh, but I don't. I loved it because she's probably like, I want to be a part of this big hit. She was probably like stoked to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Though they could have asked like a bunch of people. I'm sure they no, did. I, it's not that it's her. Like I just, it's just, it could, it, I like her and I think she's perfect in this little bit, but I just don't want, there's like a meta-ness that bothers me about it, that it's it, a real life person. Anyway. I just loved it because it was like name checked it because it just, it, it said it in that time. I don't know for, again, the eighties. I was just like, this is so eighties. And I was just like, this is so like, would be I, on TV. And you, I, know, I thought it was going to be a real show. And I didn't realize Freddie was going to jump in. Like I thought I it, they were just going to use it as the show. I don't want Freddy Cougar and Jaja Gabor to live in the same universe. That bothers oh. me. They live in the same universe. Oh. I don't know why, but it, <laughs> it really does. So I want him to be like hardcore. I I'm you like, liked I multiverses. Freddy could that come was... to us anytime because we're in the same timeline as Jaja Gabor. <gasps> oh, maybe. Hopefully he's not as goofy as this. Um, so she, uh, Jennifer uh, gets her head stuck into the television uh, a really good visual the 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 shot of it is is fantastic 
welcome to primetime, bitch, as Freddie says, and grabs her. Looks like mechanical arms out of like made out of like the TV parts and stuff like that that have reached around and pulled her in and smashed her in. So there's no way she could have popped up there and done that. So there's like they got to know that that's like a murder because it does not look like she could kill herself that way because the TV is up like mounted on the wall, like too tall for her to jump into it the way that she is dead in there. There's no um, chair underneath her or nope, anything. So nope. it's all very, very weird. So uh, Gordon and Nancy have a heart to heart where she tells him what happened and said that these are the last of the Elm Street kids and that he's still trying to get his revenge through these kids. Um, so they want to go find uh, her dad, our friend, John Saxon. He of the, of the, I don't know what to say. Um <laughs> He is one of the, he's an 80s dad for sure. Uh, like that. the ones that are a little bit scary. Yes. There's the like, rough and scramble know. guy. He's like, I, he's, he's that blue collar, like hard, like kind of, kind of working, working dad that just, you're like, is he going to beat her up or is he going to like help? I don't know. Like, you don't know. You don't know what you're going to get with this guy. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I love that they, I, this is another character I buy would, would be this is that he's now a drunk security guard. Oh yeah. Like, okay. He like after the whole nonsense with his daughter, they like fired him and like we can't have this kind of publicity for the force and then like forced him off and like the, it's been a downfall. He watched his wife get sucked into like a supernatural bed and just he is now twanged in some terrible way. Yeah, he's not going to be OK. So they confront him. She's like, Dad, I need to know, you know, Freddy Krueger's back. You owe me and I need to figure out where his bones are. We got to finish the job because um, I found out now, like after the funeral, um, the nun told um, Gordon that, you know, Dr. Gordon, that he needs to give her proper give him a proper burial basically is what he needs. Like he was never put to rest properly. So they're on a mission to get him to rest. Um, and while um, Nancy confronts her dad at the bar and he just basically blows her off, um, uh, Dr. Gordon gets paged from the hospital because there's some stuff going down. Um, and so Neil is like, hey, you know, you go, you know, back, handle the handle the kids back at the at the hospital. You go you go there and get um, Kirsten out of has been set to solitary. Um, and the mm-hmm. kids are really worried that she's going to be because uh, she's going to be sedated. So they're worried there's, it's going to be real bad. So 20, 24 hours to go. I want to be sedated. Uh, uh, uh. We love punk rock on the show. OK. And so uh, punk rock. OK. So what? then. What? um Neil goes crazy on on the dad. He's like, dude, you don't fucking handle this. I we're gonna handle it. And this is where he like actually steps up and this is where he grows a little backbone and uh and stands up to Papa and it's like, hey, we gotta handle this shit. You didn't help Nancy, you gotta help me now. So you know, he let man to man kind of kind of kind of angry stuff. Uh Macho. <laughs> and then he also goes to the church and grabs holy water. He's gonna grab a crucifix. He's suiting up. And he's like, I guess I can't just believe in science anymore. Like there's supernatural world and I gotta I gotta get Jesus. No, that's I that's not that's not what this movie's saying. I, I don't I don't hope. We do have really cool fun sequences, like they do a group of no and they the last the- group. Mm-hmm think that it doesn't work but it actually does work and so they're in this uh i think that that's really fun is like because there's always these layers of but the fact that they've all fallen asleep and all done it simultaneously Mm because they all fall asleep simultaneously and they all wake up simultaneously and i think Mm -hmm. that's kind of fun um that they're in this group one uh joey while they're in the group sees the hot nurse that he likes giving him eyes and so uh she follows her we get some 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 very lovely Horror tits. boobs. Yes. Very lovely. 
and uh, he's he's having he is a very happy boy until she t- pulls his tongue out and then uses it to tie him to a bed spread eagle yep uh, and he's the kid who doesn't talk so he's all tongue-tied blah 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 and that's the thing you do a really cool kill and then you use a stupid lousy pun and it just kind of deflates the whole scariness of it but he's not dead yet. He's just tied to the bed and held captive um, and held over a fire. Um, and so pits of hell. Pits of hell as he's hanging there. And so there's, you know, a lot going on. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, all of a sudden it's like they're back to the beginning and they, they it, there's this weird, they don't know what's going on. Like everything feels like the quiet room again. And they, 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 there's um, all of their things that we talked about earlier from the beginning are being exploited now. So like the needles come back for Taryn. Um, she gets confronted by Freddie and and he, you know, basically shoots her up um, in this mm-hmm. other world. And uh, Will tries to fight him as a wizard and it uh, doesn't work either. And His it's wheelchair just... gets turned into a torture device. And yeah. yeah, which is which is and again, the kills are, are really, really fun in this. Uh, but it's I and this is really the start of I think there's in the, the rest of the series. It's really kind of specific like this, the deaths. Mm-hmm where they're really catering to that specific person instead of it just being like a random slice and dice. Oh yeah. It's like, we got it. Well, that's the thing about your dreams, right? It's usually your subconscious fears coming to life and that's what you're, they're encapsulating here. I think really nicely. Um, it's like, I, well, I thought I could do this and they, you know, talked about their, their, their powers. Um, so then we have Kincaid, Kristen and Nancy find each other, you know, in this, in the nursery of the, of the, of the house now. Um, and then all of a sudden a furnace door gets dropped in there and it's like, uh, what is this door? Where does it go to? And they're like, Oh no. And the, then we cut to dad and Neil at the salvage yard going to go find Freddie's bones. Such a strange split up. Like I, it's so strange to have the Gordon and dad together. Like now they got to figure it out. So it turns out that the parents who had burned Freddie brought his bones to a great uh, junkyard and just put them in the random car and hope that nobody ever find it, which is probably true. And probably the guy who ran the junkyard also knew what the deal was and just didn't ever say anything. I'm sure there's so, a lot of bodies in the junkyard, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like it feels that like it's got that vibe about it. Like just nothing to see here. Just throw it in the back of that car. Yeah, and we have uh, some really cool, uh, more stop motion animation with Freddy's burned skeleton who comes out to do a little Jason the Argonauts type higher housing fighting. It is Jason and the Argonauts. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, And so um, uh, Nancy's dad tries to run away and he's like, no, no, no. Neil's like, no, 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 dude, you're you're overdue. There's an overdue funeral we got to make happen. And so they end up having to fight um, and it does not go well for Nancy's dad. (laughs) Nope, it <laughs> sure doesn't. He's going to get impaled um, and Neil's going to end up thrown in the grave. Uh, but don't worry, he's not going to stay there. But it is going to feel that way for a moment because we're going to cut back to the house. <laughs> and we have one of the iconic Freddy moments where he pulls open his shirt, pulls up a shirt to see his chest, which is just full of screaming children. His souls, the souls of the children he has killed live inside him. Yeah, and they're screaming. Ah, that's great. That's actually a really cool shot. Um, and really cool um, animation right there. Um, mirrors, mm-hmm. mirrors as well is really a fun idea. The what what? Mirrors. Oh, yeah, the roll of mirrors. So all of a sudden it's like, how do you multiply him? You're in a hallway of mirrors, and all of a sudden there's going to be a bunch of Freddies coming for you. So it's like a good way to also to kind of try to spread them, uh, split them apart, the rest of the party, because this whole thing from the beginning, Nancy said, she's like, he's going to try to pull us apart, but if we work together, we'll be okay. But he's trying everything he can to undermine the group, right? Um, and trying to pick them off. 
Um, and all of a sudden, so, mm-hmm, yeah. Joey, our, our, who we thought was in, entirely mute, screams and finds his voice again and is able to. Uh, so he's been selectively mute then, I think, since his attack. Uh, so he's able to uh, get Freddy. So then Nancy sees her dad and is like, I've crossed over princess and he looks all glowy and, and angelic and he wants to say sorry, but it's a Freddy trick. It's really Freddy and he ends up stabbing Nancy, but she's, she comes back and stabs him himself with his own glove. Take that, Freddy. See how it feels. With your own knives. Um. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. And and then Neil on the other side is crawling out of the grave and throat spraying holy water and making a prayer. Um, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and trying to send Freddie away. Um, and but Nancy doesn't survive, but she does help. Does you know help get Freddie away? And they do bury him. And we cut to Nancy's funeral. They fucking kill Nancy off. It's a ballsy move, man. I mean, she's, you don't expect it. I'm like, whoa, okay. I kind of don't like that about this movie, but you know, I respect that Wes Craven wanted to do that. So at the funeral, he sees the nun again who leads him over to the grave and it turns out she was Freddie's mom. And then we have the little like end thing. Well, maybe he's not dead because the light goes on in the model next to where Gordon is sleeping. So is he really dead or is he not? Oh my, there must be more fucking sequels. Like a lot more. <laughs> yeah, a lot more. Uh, yeah, for sure. We got to leave the light uh, on. We, li- we leave the light on. Um, oh, for Freddie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always got to leave the light on for Freddie. Amazing. So that's our dream warriors. How do we survive this shit? I guess you don't sleep still. I feel like it's always been that with Nightmare, right? Take, what do you, you do? We take Hypnosil. We actually have, and I just answered that question from this movie. We take Hypnosil. We take Hypnosil, which Nancy's been taking, and she's been alive for however many years six mm-hmm. years seven years or whatever mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. so they we actually do have an answer to it in this movie which is kind of awesome okay so uh let's do some gore factor sure. is that what you think yeah okay yeah uh but it's one, also like the- I, I think that but also like i said earlier like eventually other people are gonna it's, it got invaded and so it's like if there's still if there's still anybody who's still having these night terrors and he's still invading he's still trying to get to you eventually of course I mean, one would think with this movie, they make it clear that they're the last of the Elm Street children. So we should hypothetically stop here. But, you know, it's like, you know, Friday the 13th, but four is called the final chapter. So who fucking cares? (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) it's never over in horror. No, it's never over. It's like soap operas. It's like that person's going to come back. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Or movies make money. Yep. So gore factor, one enough is not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. Five is run for the barf bag. It's definitely a five, which I love about this series. They're go they go hard. I mean, I love that. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty great. Um Chainsaws, one if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastic oracle. This is a four for me. I really enjoyed it. I wish I could have watched it with you and I wish we could watch it in a, in a movie theater because it's, it's I would a really love to one. see it in a theater with a group of people or just yes. even for movie night or something with our crew. That would be really fun. So yeah. I gave this movie a four and a half. Uh, I it's I, look, watching it again. I'm like, OK, if I take away the things I don't like about it and like really look at it objectively, um, I, I like it. I like it. I think it's it's well done. I think like the characters are who I, I buy the characters. I buy mm-hmm. where their lives are. Um, I feel like Nancy's treated with respect. And if Wes Craven wanted to kill her off, then he could kill her off, right? I'm sure Heather Langenkamp was not too happy about that. But, you know, 
what are you gonna do so the only thing that really bothers me about this movie is the goofy freddy and like i don't i don't like that but there are really scary moments with him as well he's fucking terrifying and kind of the way he's playing with it you're just like I don't know. I don't think the joking part of him makes him less terrifying. I think it makes him more terrifying because it's like he just doesn't give a fuck and he's going to make jokes out of me while I'm about to fucking die. It's That's... like it's like art from Terrifier, right? Yeah. We we're like, oh, my God, like you're going to make a, a comedy show like around me. I don't know. I think that's um, it's like, I don't know, part of the killer quirk, like even with like American Psycho last week too. it's like, you know, um, He's got he's got his his fun, fun little moments where it's like he's going to talk about music like you're like, that's fucking weird. Like, I don't know. So I don't hate it. I loved it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we are happy to finally do it for you because I know that so many of you love this movie and I'm sorry if we offended you <laughs> with our uh, a little bit, uh, you know, as far as as far as the sequels go. I mean, New Nightmare is the best, but then this one is definitely the next one. So yeah. like, I, I think this one is the best of that bunch of sequels but it's still not as good as the first one the ogs there's not you're not going to top that og you're not going to top that fucking blender like there's nothing you can do i know there's Tina's literally step, nothing like... you can do that movie is fucking perfect so our first episode is about Nightmare on Elf Street. If you wanted to listen to it, uh, we are that was our very first episode. So it's a bit like, what are we doing? But <laughs> we don't know what the show is yet, but it's great. <laughs> but it's great. And, um, you know, it's always unfair kind of to to put sequels up against their originals. But you can't help it because, they, you know, and but let's it's OK. We can't ever top it. But let's keep trying for decades and see what we can do about it. Yeah. OK, that's all right. So what? No, that's I'm just thinking of like um there's like only like only handful of like movies out there that have like the sequels like Godfather oh, yeah. 2, you know whatever. There's like a handful of movies where it's like the sequel is actually like surpasses. But Yeah, there's I know. Terminator I love Terrifier 2, 2 as well, so you know, it's just it's it's a matter of preference, is it yes. not? So uh, we happy to always please our listeners and do movies that they ask us to do. So if you have a movie you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Terry, where can they find us? On the internet. You can find us at Facebook, uh, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter X, whatever, um, Instagram, whatever it's called now. Um, and you can find Nobody's us. Nobody's going to stop. Nobody's going to say X, right? We all say Twitter, even on, even on um, like Rolling Stone or like magazines this last week that were like, quote, trying to quote people. It just says Twitter slash X. Like it doesn't yeah. even like it's it's hilarious. It's, it, you got to call it by it's a hyphenated. It's like um, it's like it's a, from a broken home. <laughs> like it's Thank like you, Elon Musk. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Elon, for breaking Twitter. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, you can find us all over the internet. You can also find us on our Patreon, um, Horror Movie Survival Guide, um, and also our Teespring store if you want merch and all kinds of goodies. Um, we love hearing from you all, so just hit us up on any one of those channels. Um, let us know what you think, um, and we love you. Hope you have a wonderful it's spooky season. It's spooky spooky season. season, Halloween time. I uh, hope you're getting into is the best. The freaking best, Julia. Thank you for making me a Halloween bitch. I used to be a Christmas bitch, and you guys, I'm gonna t- coming out on this on this show. That's okay. There's got like you know. I'm a spooky like bitch nightmare. now. Like the Nightmare Before Christmas bridge is is really. What I'm you here, need. and also like our friend Michael Verratti, who writes Christmas movies and horror movies. So you know, I, I you gotta love the crossover of our worlds. So. Uh, we love you, guys- you, Michael, and we love you, listeners. We hope you have a fantastic Oracle week. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Rhine. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide.
Thank you.